1: What is up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to One on One, a KC Sports Network podcast. I am your co-host, nine-year NFL veteran, Mike DeVito, here as always with nine-year NFL veteran and Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champion Jeff Allen. And we're here to bring you all things Chiefs football from a player's perspective. Excited to get into our topics for today, but before we do that, as always, our sponsor for the show, Cookie Society Cookies. Best cookies nationwide. They ship nationwide you got them. check them out, Cookiesociety.com. Listen, we're linemen. You can trust us. We know. Hey, our
2: Trust okay. us. The peanut butter and jelly is on the menu this, this month. Don't miss Ooh. out on that one. That's a good one.
1: We got to put that peanut butter and jelly. Come on. Can't go wrong with that. <laughs> so check them out, cookiesociety.com. Big Jeff, how are we doing today, brother?
2: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We got preseason game number one coming up Saturday. I'm excited to see, you know, not just the veteran guys, but to see what some of these young guys have.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be exciting. And this is a fun time of year when real football gets going. Uh, before we even get into that, though, before we get into the Chiefs talk, let's talk about some fun we had on Twitter the other day. So <laughs> we, we caused kind of a stir with with the Giants football Twitter. Um, I don't know if anybody have seen these stories, if our listeners have seen these stories, but it looks like three offensive linemen from the Giants just retired, right? I mean, yeah. in the past week, three linemen retired. Yeah. Uh, and so Jeff Schwartz, Jeff Allen, and I go on there on on Twitter and start talking about the culture in New York and what in the world is making these guys uh, <laughs> retire. And so, Jeff, just give me your perspective on that situation and lay it out. Yes. What did we do to make Giants uh, football so mad?
2: I mean, we just we just gave our opinion. I think retirements are a part of the game. They happen. I retire, you retire. At some point as a professional athlete, if you're not told you're done, you decide you're done. And it's usually because your body gives out. Um, But but the deal with New York is, and what's strange is the frequency of these retirements and how they're happening back to back to back, Um, and especially in the offensive line room. Um, So that kind of gives you like, you know, red flags. You're saying, okay, what's going on? Um, You hear about maybe one retirement account, maybe two. um, But to have them back to back like that and then in the same room, you know, you kind of question it and then knowing just, you know, how, me personally, I've been in organizations where things were the New England way or the Patriot way. Um, just knowing how that operates, that doesn't like, especially older guys, if you've come from a different organization and that's your first taste of that way, it's not going to work. You have to be born into that. There has to be something that's ingrained in you. Um, and ultimately, you know, that's what rubbed some of their fans the wrong way when you said, hey, maybe that's not going to work up there.
1: Yeah. Well, and that was our point, right? And so mm-hmm. people hopped on us because, you know, we were saying, look, they're making these guys do sprints and, and, you know, somebody jumps off sides and now everybody's running for half a practice. And everybody got on us because they were like, well, oh, oh, it's football. What do you, you don't want to run, you don't want to condition, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And I think that that misses the point. I think the point we were trying to make is not so much the running, it's just what that running tells us about what the culture is like over yeah. there. And You know, Bill Belichick, in the the Patriots way, works in New England with Tom Brady as your quarterback. Yep. Uh, But it seems like time and time again, when these coaches leave New England, they try to bring that style to different places, and it just falls flat. And we have example after example of that, where teams just don't buy into that culture. Guys, like you said, haven't been born and raised in that culture. Uh, And it gets met with a lot of resistance. And – yeah. You know, you don't know what the retirements are about, but when you see three guys retire so quickly, you wonder if they just said, "Well, screw it." You know, I'm, I don't want to play in this atmosphere. This this isn't this isn't fun football. And I know you and I have been around guys, especially I bet when you went to Houston, been around guys who were in New England, who were part of the success they had there. And to a man, they all talked about how awful it was to be a part of that team. Yeah. And so even even guys that won Super Bowl.
2: Super Bowls, Yeah. <laughs>
1: awful it was every day was terrible
2: i mean it's, it's um, documented it's... Look, look at rob grankowski um his way out his when he retired and he talked about why he retired and it it was ultimately because of mental health and though he was winning you know football games in new england he wasn't happy um so that should tell you a lot that's what that may be the best tight end in the game you know historically numbers wise um telling you hey we won a lot but it wasn't the best environment for me no, so imagine losing. I mean and and
1: again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And and the thing is that stuff will work if you're winning, right? So if you're yeah. constantly winning Super Bowls, then there's nothing you can object to. Uh and so when you have Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, all right, you know you got to sort of you got to sort of deal with it because you know, okay, this is what what needs to happen to win. This is what it takes to win here. This is how he runs it. Uh but you see when Tom Brady leaves, New England doesn't have the same amount of success. And then every time these coaches try to mimic that atmosphere in other places, it doesn't work. And so it's just – I know Giants Twitter got mad at us like we were being soft or, or – no, no, I guess no. I wasn't very clear with my uh, tweets. But uh, the point listen, was really just this just looks toxic from the listen, outside.
2: I wish the best for every organization in the NFL. It's better when the league is better, um, when everyone's playing football at a high level. But after they exchange with their fans – I don't care about the Giants anymore. I hope they lose every game. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I mean, that's that's the road they're heading on if they're going to lose, uh, you know, all their offensive linemen to retirement <laughs> and guys are, uh, you know, getting punished and running all over the place. Um, and so, yeah, so we upset Giants Twitter. Hey, guys, you know, we just, we're here to speak the truth. And uh, it just seems like Joe Judge is implementing a culture that, has proven time and time again to not be successful. So we're here to talk chiefs football, but that was just a little side caveat that happened to us. Uh, that was worth bringing up. Now let's get into Kansas city. So yeah. Kansas city, let's talk before we talk about the preseason game, let's talk about the dog days of camp, right? Because as, as veteran players, as rookie players, this is, you know, you start getting into day seven, day eight, right? So, the newness of being to camp and seeing the guys for the first couple of days is worn off. The newness of the adrenaline of finally putting the pads on and the goal line days and getting out there and having fun, that's worn off. Mm -hmm. And now body hurts, mind is tired, and you're just sort of in zombie mode. And you're trying to get to this first preseason game. Uh, But, you know, you got practice after practice every day. It's just Groundhog's Day. And so, what I wanted to ask you, Jeff, if you had any sort of um, tricks or things that you used to do to help you get through this time of camp, and maybe speak to your experiences of sort of the dog days.
2: Man, I, I would say um, like stuff to myself, like don't count the days, make the days count. Yeah. <laughs> Just stuff, read motivational things, um, because it, it does get to you. Hit a wall. Um, you hear the, the rookie wall. There's a camp wall for every single player, no matter what level you're at. I mean, it's 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 repetitive. Um, you're constantly, you know, competing at a high level, fighting for a job, um, battling, you know, with your brothers. But at the same time, it's high stress, high stakes. Um, so you're just looking forward to, one, playing some real football against team, teams outside of, you know, your actual team. You know, you are just practicing against your brother, but practicing against another team in the preseason or, or playing an actual game. You're looking forward to that and then making the team and getting to the regular season. And, and once you do that, you're relieved of the stress of making the team. And then now you can focus on, you know, getting better as an individual and then as the team.
1: Yeah. And and that's a good point, too. And we'll talk about this further down the road. But for a lot of guys, um, rookies especially, but then older vets as well, you're, you're, you know, the mental game of trying not to count the other guys on the roster. Yeah. And trying not to figure out where you fit in. Right. So you have you have your guys that are your obvious starters, but there are years where you don't know if it's going to pan out or shake out where you actually make the team. And so as tired as your body is, as tired as your mind is, there's also that drive, like, Hey, I can't let down because Mm -hmm. no matter how how tired I am, I have to make this team. So, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, camp presents so many different challenges for so many different guys. Uh, But it's the good teams that are uh, not only able to, uh, survive these dog days but thrive right and and this is something that you always have that camp practice right where it's right in the middle of it and you're exhausted and coach you just have a terrible day right guys are just putting day in guys aren't going hard and coach has got to you know get after it and and now you know he's yelling at you he's yelling at everybody it's just hell you know it's hell for everybody for the rest of the day and then you've got to sort of pick it up and get after it again
2: yeah, well, there's a new format now with the with the only having three preseason games, but traditionally being in Andy Reid's camp, um, despite hitting that camp wall, he did a good job of setting things up. With you seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, so after that first preseason game, he started to, you know, taper down as far as the contact in camp. Then you start to focus a little bit more, especially going into that third preseason game on the regular season. So you start preparing, you know, for week one you know, week three of the preseason, because that fourth preseason game back in the past, you know, starters didn't play. So right. during that time, starters were getting a head start on the regular season. So that kind of gave you a a glimpse of the regular season and gave you a little bit more energy.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly right. And as a starter, you just had to get, you know, or as a, you know, a veteran guy who's a starter, a veteran guy who's going to be on the roster. Your goal was to get through the second preseason game. Yeah. Just like you said, after the second preseason game, you're packing up, you're going home. The third preseason game is set up like a regular week, like a regular training, like a regular uh, season week where yeah. you're only, you know, two days in pads and fast Friday and then you're, you're game planning, getting ready for the game. Um, so the goal is to get to that second preseason game. One, one thing that always messed me up, Jeff, I don't know if you had a tough time with this, is... You're going through this first stretch of training camp, which is just the the hardest stretch, right? The the first two weeks up at camp are the worst. But then you get a little bit of reprieve where you go home the day before the game. You're in the hotel. You're eating better food. You're sleeping better. You sleep in the hotel the the whole next day. You're relaxing because it's usually a night game. You play one, you know, as a a starter, you're playing one, one or two series and then you wake up the next day and you have the day off and you don't have to go back to camp them until the next night. But then you have to go back up to St. Joe and do it again for another three or four days. That was always the hardest part for me was to have to get through to the first preseason game, play the game, get a taste of freedom. But then have to drive myself back up there and also through it for another three, four days. Did you hate that as well?
2: I did, man. That was a long drive because you're like, man, if, you, if it felt so real, I was back. I was back. I was back to reality then. Nope. Back to St. Joe, we go. Um oh. you know, but but like I said, it's about mental fortitude, it's about you know telling yourself constantly. Um, it's for the greater good. And then also you know, motivating yourself to knowing that. If I do these things, if I go through this process, I'm going to see the results that I want. Um, and the older you get, the more you understand that. But as a young guy, it was—I tell you—it was rough for me. I'm—I I really struggled with camp. It was—it was really a chapter in my life where I questioned, <laughs> I questioned, I, I questioned. Saint Joe, I was like, man, do I really want to do this? <laughs> um, but man, it's—it's it's all worth it.
1: I remember my rookie year with the Jets. This was in 2007. So. We were practicing twice a day, full pads every day. Jeff, on a given day, I would do nine on seven four times. So during the regular practice, then as a rookie, my rookie year after practice, we would do another nine on seven with the rookies. Then the second practice, do nine on seven during the regular practice. And then again, after that practice, we do nine on seven with the rookies. So every day, four nine on seven periods. And then all the other stuff, I mean, I just remember, and this was in, you know, so Eric Mangini was the coach. So this was, again, a very much a a Belichick-style training camp. And and at the time, I was making $275,000, you know, as a rookie. That was the minimum salary. And I remember thinking, I could, I could go work at Starbucks this hard and make more money than this. Like, hey, why, why am I doing this? Like, I'm Listen. killing myself.
2: If I go put this, more,
1: this much work in at Wendy's, I will make $275,000. Listen,
2: every single professional football player, has early in their career, has had that thought, is this for me? Whether it's been in college or in the NFL, it's become a point where you're like, man, this is tough. Is this really for me? Uh-huh. Um but that's just a part of the process. And that's when you talk to the other guys, you talk to your brothers and you say, hey, man, I've been there. I've been there. I've hit that wall. It's normal. Right. And that makes you feel better that you're not alone and, and that you're not having any rational thoughts.
1: Right. That's right. And that's the key. Right. And that's the point of the whole deal. And you know, what? you know what else was that before I even get into that? One other thing that used to kill me was. After that first preseason game, you go on Twitter and you see like the eight to ten teams where the where the head coach will let them go home after the first preseason. Like, there's always a few teams. Oh, they're
2: having fun. They're they're they're, they're bowling. They're at the movies. They're doing slip and slide during practice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I got I got to go back out for this tour today. <laughs> <laughs> it's <so>
1: terrible. The <laughs> worse man. I'd call my buddies on other teams. They'd be like, "Oh, we've been done for we've a been week. Done. You guys are still up there." Oh man. So yeah. I yeah, used to I'll,
2: see that with Pete Carroll. I used to always be jealous of the Seahawks players. Yeah. They look like they always have fun. Shout out yeah. to the Seahawks. But uh. <laughs> I feel like
1: the Ravens are like that too. I feel like Hall Ball is always letting those guys out of there early. Yeah. Then don't train them Um but yeah, no, but but going back to what you said, the whole point of it is, and I think you you hit the nail on the head. Being able to lean on your brothers as you're going through it. To to hold each other up and say, okay, we get, we can't quit. We got to get through. Yeah, it. Or, you know, encourage each other and let's fight through this together. And
2: I, that that is, I think, that is the um, I wouldn't say silver lining, silver lining in it, but we're all going through this together. Right. I'm hurting. You're hurting. It's not any harder for me as it as it is for you. Um, and understanding that that everybody has to do it mm-hmm. that makes it easier mentally.
1: That's it. That's it, brother. And so now we are getting ready for the first preseason game, right? So I believe it's August 14th against the 49ers. So we got two days out here. Um, talk about – I'm just curious to get your experience. I remember as a veteran, again, the first preseason game meant, okay, we're finally getting towards the end of training camp. Yeah, uh, It's the next – you know, it's another level of intensity, even knowing like, okay, I'm going to go out there for seven to nine plays. But I'm going to go out there. It's a real game. Everything's turned up another notch. Yeah. Uh, uh as a rookie though, it's it's really an incredible experience because now you're about to put on that NFL jersey. Yeah. Go out there and play in front of a crowd uh and represent your team and now your parents and your friends and everybody Yeah. Wow, there he is playing professional football. Like this is when it really gets real for those young guys. So maybe take me through your first preseason game, what that was like to put that jersey on and, and run out of that tunnel and play in that game. <laughs>
2: It was awesome. I mean, draft night was really cool, um, knowing that you were in NFL, but it didn't feel official until that first preseason game, until it was on TV and, and my family and friends, you know, were sending me text messages and giving me phone calls saying, I saw you on TV. And that, that was really awesome. Um, also, feeling like you you could do this. Like, yeah. I mean, you're practicing against guys, but they're on your same team. But right. competing against someone on the opposite side of the field you know, having success, that gives you confidence. Um, so I think that was a really cool part, establishing myself in that that manner. And then also just <laughs> hitting somebody for the first time. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. That was really cool too.
1: Hitting somebody with another jersey on. There's nothing better than that. Um, I remember, so growing up, I went to a, a high school that had only had football for seven years. And so they had no budget for it. And we uh, we had crappy, uh, uniforms and everything was handed down and, and second, you know, whatever, uh, uh, reuse stuff. And I never had the name on the back, my name on the back of my Jersey, right? So oh, I was yeah. like, man, I must be so cool to have the name on the back of your Jersey. And then I went to the university of Maine and say, you know, obviously a better program, a division one, AA program, but still didn't have the finances that a lot of these schools do. And so again, uh, didn't have the name on the back of my Jersey. Uh, now, I'm originally from New York. My family's from New York. We grew up Jets fans, always rooting yeah. for the Jets. I mean, that was a, that was so big uh, was was Jets football to, to our family. And I remember, obviously, signing with the Jets as a free agent, going through the training camp stuff. But then getting to that first preseason game and going in that locker room and seeing DeVito written on the back of a Jets jersey. And I just remember, I mean, I remember it so vividly being like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm about to put this on. And then I put that jersey on and go run out. And I must have had 100 people there, right? All my family and friends were in New York. Uh, All my family and friends had come to see the game. And to go out and play with my name finally on the back of a Jets jersey and go and play in front of my family, I was like, if my career would have ended there, that experience alone uh would have been worth it I mean it was just an amazing experience and so a lot of these young guys are going to get an opportunity to run out of that field with that jersey on and so and you know some of these guys you know some of these guys aren't going to make the team and yeah. some of them won't make any team and so this will be this will be it uh but this alone is huge and I think yeah a lot of those guys will get to say wow what a fun experience
2: that's awesome man what a beautiful story that was way better than my story i almost teared up I Think. <laughs> you know, I'm cheering up over here. Tonight. No, but that, that that is that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. It's, it's about, you know, that moment and soaking it all in and understanding that <clears throat> a consensus around a league is it's our dream to make it to the NFL. Yeah. But what, what's the, the coolest part about it is seeing everyone that, that was with you along the way, seeing you reach your dream and understanding that it's it's bigger than just you. You're inspiring so many people and, and just to see them see you, that person seeing you on your journey. And making it to the the pinnacle of success, um, that brings joy to so many—not um, just yourself—and that, that's a that's a, a great a great thing.
1: Oh, and, and you know what was great too? And that, that, no, that's exactly right. And it was great to be able to show up and show out for those all those people that did so much to help you get there. Yeah, all, my parents, my cousins, my friends, everybody that poured in encouragement, time, effort, finances to get to that point and to finally be able to go out and do something like that and then for them to get to be a part of it. There's just nothing, there's nothing better. So yes, excited for those guys to, to watch them go out. Excited to see our, our Chiefs football for the first time this year uh, and, and our first step getting back to that Super Bowl. But we'll end it there. Big Jeff, thank you for your time again today, brother. It was great talking to you. And Chiefs Kingdom, we will see you again next week to talk about the first preseason game and to get ready for preseason game number two. So, go Chiefs!
2: Go Chiefs!